I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. And Sunday is the day. On the road, the Browns go this time. Week 7 of the 2022 NFL campaign in M&T Bank Stadium in downtown Baltimore, Maryland. And a date with the Baltimore Ravens. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Gerard, good evening, my friend. Good evening, Kenneth. And it's time for four downs. First down. All right, first one up. Losing streak gets hit three. What's your takeaways from the game against the New England Patriots that dropped the Browns to two and four? It was one of the first times you can honestly say that all three phases did not show up for the football game, hence the score of the game, in which it was a blowout. And in the second half, it was a no-contest situation in which the Patriots dominated the football game in all three phases. We had mishaps. We had misoccurrences. We had miscues. We had a lot of misses, hence the terms being used. And that's where what I really make of the football game. Very disappointed, Ken, because in the first half, it was clear to me from a talent standpoint, and this is where we keep going to, better football team that we are. But it's not about talent. It's about execution. It's yeah. about desire. It's about the sense and will to get out there and do things the right way and not make the same mistakes over and over again, and we paid for it. Yeah, the mistakes got out of control in the second half. There was a little bit of glimpse of life, but that immediately got shut off in the second half there. Bailey Zappi played well, and they really took care of him in the second half. New England did, taking care of the rookie out of Western Kentucky. They got themselves a little bit of a quarterback controversy as New England improved to 3-3, three and three, but no rest for the weary. Off you go to the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk a little bit more about them coming up here momentarily, but we're on to second down. Second down. John Johnson the third. he had some strong commentary earlier this afternoon about the team today when he was asked, about how the team adjusts adjusts from admitting that they didn't play their very best to actually correcting the mistakes that have been happening. Here's what John Johnson the third had to say. Yeah, it has to be like a it's a commitment thing. Like when practice is over and our day is done, you can't just run out of the building and forget about you know your job. Um, I think we need everyone in this building to really like be 100 percent in on, on a task at hand. And um, right now, I think we're at a place where that's not the case. So um, whatever we got to do to get as many guys if not everyone you know in on the same page i think that's what it is because that's the only way things are going to change gerard your thoughts well my thoughts are really simple ken if you're not executing if you're doing the wrong things week in and week out that right there just being a professional because you don't get to the pros by accident you had to have done something of merit in college and understand what studying is all about and doing extra work and paying the price is all about so to make the assumption that once you get to the pros that that goes out the window is absurd to me 
and have a hard time grasping the idea that guys can honestly think that you don't take your work home with you or that you rush out of the building because, again, it is a privilege to play in the National Football League. And if you're approaching it in the mindset that it's a right and that it's assumed that you're going to be here, think again, my friends. You will find yourself unemployed quick, fast, in a hurry because this league can be very unforgiving. And right now, for the guys who are making the same mistakes time and time again, they're getting a miss a misdiagnosis of what really happens in the National Football League because normally you don't get these many opportunities, and they should realize the fact that they're still getting them with the same mistakes being made time and time again. It blows me away that guys have not embraced this and that John has to go public to say something like this, and guys have not got the memo that you have to stick around, especially when you're struggling, and say to yourself, what can I do to make things better? Because there are a thousand guys out there who are in college right now, who are free agents right now, who would die to be in your position to play football on the highest of levels. Gerard, I can't say it any better myself because you actually played at the high level, and I'm just a hanger-on, my friend. We go to third down. Third down. Despite everything going on and the three-game losing streak, still right in front of you in terms of winning divisions, it is a one-game-ahead situation. Both Cincinnati and Baltimore, three and three. The Browns and Steelers, two and four, a successful two weeks, two weeks put you right back in the driver's seat. How do you get focused here? It's really simple. You just said it. So you spell it out perfectly. If you don't get the memo, if you don't understand what's at stake here, that being your season, because at this point, well, we're going to play for respectability. It's, it's not even a halfway point yet. We should not be making those assertions. But because of what's taking place with these losing streaks and losing the team that you should have beat, you now find yourself where your margin for error is is damn near zero in which you have to win your division in order to get into the playoffs. And what this will show, Ken, is if the same guys are making the same mistakes and if the same guys are rushing out of the building and if the same guys are not applying themselves at home and taking their work with them, you don't want those guys around because those guys are basically telling you, I'm in it for the paycheck, I'm in it for people telling me how great I am, and I'm in it for the wrong reasons. It shouldn't just be about money and acknowledgement. It has to be about I want to win games, and I'm willing to pay the price and do the things necessary to get to a championship and then win one. So really it's that simple, and you have to win your division in order to get the job done now at this point. So this game is a playoff game. We're in week seven, and we're talking playoff games. Yeah, can't be waiting around. You know, they've left themselves absolutely no margin for error here, Gerard. I mean, you know, we keep talking about – Deshaun Watson being able to play on December 4th, we have to be able to get him acclimated as well. I know he'll be able to, to practice starting in the month of November, but you're going to be, have to be able to get him acclimated w- when you're actually able to play football. And so you don't want to be you don't want to have to put the weight of the world on him by the time you actually start to play football games. So you got to try to p- put some wins underneath you now because with more games comes more tape. And I, I do think there is a, a nice healthy fear with the fans there where, all right, you've had – Six games, four and a half, I think, were really good with Jacoby Brissett. I think mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett's done a really admirable job of leading the way here. But we know what this is. Come December 4th, Deshaun Watson's going to play. But either stack wins, hay in the barn, however you want to put it, you got you got to put yourself out there with a respectable record by the time Deshaun Watson can get there because you don't want to waste any time. Yeah. You want to be able to make the most of the time you have. Oh, certainly. You're absolutely right. And the sad part about it is we've given away wins. <laughs> that's the part that's so frustrating. And that yeah. you have, outside of, and even the Patriots game, though it was lopsided, I didn't enter that game or exit that game saying they were the better 
from a talent standpoint, football team can. But they definitely did not make as many mistakes as we made. So I guess that makes them the better football team, which goes to show again, and this is probably where the problem is at. For the guys out there who have been told that they're talented, yes, you are. But that's not enough. You have to do things the right way in the context of what the defense and the offense and the special teams call on that particular play and the situation in that particular play dictates. And for some reason, we cannot get that done. You're right about that. It brings us to fourth down. Fourth down. All right, here come the Ravens. Well, we're getting ready to go to the Ravens, M&T Bank Stadium, 1 p.m. on Sunday. And they're coming off a 24-20 loss against the New York Giants where, you know, it's it's one step forward and two step back for the Ravens. They thought they had themselves a win and things were getting righted again defensively. And then the Giants came from behind and got them 24-20. And they're having problems defensively right now, Gerard. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're pointing fingers on defense. And they have a slew of injuries right now, including Lamar Jackson. Now, they you look at where they're at right now. Lamar Jackson, today, he was limited with a hip injury. Also, missing a little bit of time or being limited today in practice. Mark Andrews did not practice today with a knee injury. Whoa. Rashad Bateman was limited today with a foot injury. Calais Campbell did not practice today with a foot injury. Backup Ben Cleveland did not practice today with a foot injury. J.K. Dobbins, of course, they're going to take it very easy with him with that knee injury from last year. From last year going into this year, he did not practice today. Justin Houston with a groin injury, he was limited today. Uh, Marcus Peters, he was resting today. Patrick Ricard, he did not practice today. He's a dual-use player. I mean, (laughs) they have a lot of players. Now, of course, the Browns, they've had a lot of guys out. It looks like Joel Batonio, uh, he was resting today. It seems that Wyatt Teller will probably not play on Sunday, according to what was said. Now, Kevin Stefanski didn't want to rule it out, but he did say that things look bleak coming up on Sunday. But it seems that the Ravens are... Almost as banged up as the Cleveland Browns, if not just as banged up as the Cleveland Browns. Well, it sounds like they're worse, in my opinion. But I will say this, from Holt, to his credit, he had a good game. I watched the the tape, and I thought he did a good job. He didn't call his name much, and that's always a great sign for a guy coming in as a backup. Always a great sign. But as far as the Ravens are concerned, if Andrews, in my mind, is the he is Lamar Jackson's primary target. And obviously the Ravens have shown you if Lamar can't go, they're not the same football team. Huntley comes in and does a good job, but he doesn't win games. So if they're injured and they can't go, then it's unfortunately it is what it is. But in my my mind, I've watched this team, the Ravens, play, and it's been a combination, Ken, of Lamar making pivotal mistakes at the wrong time and being careless with the football that's really hurt them. And the defense will take the ball with, from a, in the form of an interception, but at the same time, uncharacteristically of the Ravens' defense, they get gashed in the running game and give up big plays as well in the passing yeah, Wink, game. Yeah, last and you go back to last week. They played the Giants. Wink Martindale, he left Baltimore. They brought in Mike McDonald. Everybody was loving him. And then things have certainly taken a turn in Baltimore. And Wink Martindale, he goes over to the New York Giants. And now everybody loving him with the New York Giants. And why not? The Giants have come out to a very strong record. And right now, Baltimore reeling. After a great first month offensively for Lamar Jackson, the last two weeks have not been his very best football. They won ugly last week against Cincinnati, but with that loss, now they're 3-3, three and three, and even though they're at the top of the heap, it's not been the type of football that they wanted. But John Harbaugh, 23-5 and five all time against the Cleveland Browns. So Kevin Stefanski knows Gerard. He has his work cut out for him on Sunday. He certainly does, and obviously those times 
in which Harbaugh was ultra successful was at the lowest points in our organization's ability to field a really good football team, and they took full-fledged advantage of it along with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that record, I get it, but as of today, it's going to be an interesting game because as you said earlier, Ken, and when you alluded to it, and you're right, both teams have had some obstacles that they need to exercise and get out of their system in order to win this football game. So it's going to be very interesting to see which team does get things correct and execute in order to get the job done. Browns fans, join the Browns for a night of painting, drinks, and appetizers at Browns and Brushes, presented by Brownstown Napa Valley. The event takes place on Thursday, October 27th in the Cardiac Club at First Energy Stadium, beginning at 7 p.m. Tickets are $50 and space is limited. For more information, visit clevelandbrowns.com or call 440-891-5050. Coming up in a bit, Gerard and I will take you around the league. We'll welcome in the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. But coming up next, I'll talk to Brown Center, the mountain of Lamont, Illinois. Ethan Posick joins me on the show coming up next. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker K. York. This is Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. This is John Johnson, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Pacabria, Ken Carmen, alongside of Gerard Cherry, the Cleveland Browns preview show, getting you set for the Browns as they get set to take flight over to Baltimore, Maryland, M&T Bank Stadium, taking on the Ravens this Sunday. And to preview Sunday's game, we welcome in Browns center Ethan Postick, who joins us on the show. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. First off, it is Posick, right? Yes, sir, Posick. There was like a huge argument on how to pronounce your last name. Like within the media, like people were like, no, it's Pochick. And I go, no, it's Posick. It says it right here in the media guide. Yeah, so uh, I would say both sides are technically right because it used to be like something like Posekovich or po- Pochekovich. And when my ancestors came over, they changed it to Posick for Ellis Island. How many, so how many uh, generations have you been here for? Oh, it's been a I don't even know the specific. That's like the old rumor in the family, but it's, we've been here for a while. That's so cool. Now, you're from Lamont, Illinois, right? Yes, sir. Southwest suburbs. Part of three different uh, counties, correct? Uh, well, from my knowledge, we're part of Cook County. Ah. Uh, but uh, you might be I, I would have to check that. I read Wikipedia this morning to get ready for the interview because I went, wow, part of three different counties. I was going to go, which one's your favorite county? So I imagine it's Cook County then? Well, I would say, you know, everything you read on Wikipedia is true. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, no, yeah, yeah, Cook County, yeah, all the way. Did you grow up a Bears fan then? Uh, more so an Illinois fan. My brother played at Illinois. And uh, so I got to watch him and his roommates and his buddies. And so I kind of grew up watching them for the most part. You ended up at LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, kind of wanted to do my own thing, do something different, um, you know, but I definitely had a lot of, like, love and respect for, you know, everything my brother did and his uh, his his teammates. Um, so, like, my brother, you know, he played center. He was a big center. Jeff Allen, he played in the NFL a while. Hugh Thornton played in the NFL a little bit. So, I was in, like, 6th, 7th grade looking up to those guys, looking up to my brother. And, uh, you know, he, my brother definitely led the way for me. What's it like being a guy from the Midwest playing in the Southeast Conference? It's fun, man. Uh, you know, you really only see it on TV till you get there. So, 
you know, I grew up watching like Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin, um, Jordan Jefferson, Tyron Matthew, like, you know, all those LSU guys. I grew up watching, you know, those LSU Alabama games, the LSU Florida games. So, I mean, you are just the size of a house, too. How do you, uh, you, you started out as a guard in the NFL, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. When I got to Seattle, I played guard in the beginning and then uh, center later on. Did you play center in college? Yeah, center in college. So you're six six. You're not the quintessential center size. Like, have you ever heard of the name Mark Stepnoski? He was an old school tall center, right? He was an old school short center. He was like a wrestler back in the day, gotcha. and he played for the Dallas Cowboys like in the early '90s with Troy Aikman and those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he was like short, and so like, but he was like thin too. But a lot of guys were like maybe a little bit shorter, a little bit squatter. I mean, you're six six. Is it a little bit more difficult to play the position? Because you have just been fantastic at the center spot. You know, I would say it comes with its advantages and disadvantages. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to get into all that. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say it has its advantages and disadvantages. Can you tell us some advantages? Uh, I would just say, like, taking up space and length. Within this offense, what do you like about playing in Bill Callahan's offensive scheme? Uh, well, first and foremost, man, like just all the technique that I've learned and all the, you know, how, how like the techniques work with different plays and um, how the techniques work together with, in combinations and stuff. And so I'd just say, man, it's been a great learning experience. It's been a blessing. Um, and I'm just trying to soak in as much as I can. Uh, so I'd say it's just been a learning experience. As best you can, Ethan Postlick joining us here on the show. Can you explain to us the pin pull offensive blocking technique as best you can? The pinning or the pulling? As best you can, the both of them, the pinning and the pulling. Um, yeah, so I'm going to try to keep it very generic, but basically, so one alignment pins the guy, pins the guy down, the other one pulls, and uh, like I don't want to you know, get into the specifics of it, Oh please, let's get let's go into the weeds, please. No, 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 because you know other teams listen to technique and stuff. So, but uh, one guy pulls and the other guy pins, and uh, you know you give the ball to twenty four or Kareem in space and let them do their thing. Ethan Postick, very buttoned up here on the preview show, getting ready for the Ravens. Uh, what are some of the things that you've seen on the defensive front of the Baltimore Ravens getting ready for Sunday? Yeah, man, they're a really good group, really good defense. Um, you know, Baltimore Ravens, so they got history of just being great, and they're, you know, they're really great this year, too, so it's definitely a challenge. How does Ethan Posick relax? Uh, like, off-season, like to fish and just spend time with family. You like to fish. Did you see the walleye controversy that happened here a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, not good. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was for pride or for the prize winnings, but... Uh, not good. I mean, it had to be for the money. I mean, did you see that they were trying to win like thirty grand? Yeah, not good. Um, yeah, that's never a good thing. Have you ever been tempted to put weights in fish? No, never. I mean, I might hold it out a little bit more on a picture, but uh, never gonna put weights in a fish. No, that's it's it's not that serious. Now, I mean, you're from you're from the Midwest, Cook County. Are you a bass fisherman, or what type of fish do you like to fish for? Yeah, so I grew up bass fishing. And uh, then I'm going on to LSU, and down in Louisiana, I like to do, like, inshore saltwater. Um, and then up here, you know, in the off season, we went walleye fishing during OTAs, and that was fun, too. 
I think walleye fishing's a lot more relaxed if you're going to, I mean, because it's just kind of more trolling around and yeah. kind of doing it that way. Yeah, it's more like trolling and uh, stuff like that. But, uh, and then it's fun, though. It's fun to just get out with your buddies, and it's just a blessing to be on the water. You know, f- catching fish is extra. Ethan Posick joining us on the show. You a movie guy? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no? Yes and no. I hate to give you a political answer. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you any movies, like, during football season that have came out or anything. Did you ever see Heartbreak Ridge? Heartbreak Ridge. Is that with uh, the guy from Blue Mountain State? Have you, the Reaper? I'm not sure. Have you ever, do you know Clint? You obviously know, you know who Clint Eastwood is. Yeah. I almost asked you a really stupid question. Clint Eastwood is in Heartbreak Ridge, and somebody said in the media, you look like the Swede from Heartbreak Ridge. It's a compliment. I Trust me, it's a compliment. Hey, I'll take I'll, I'll take a compliment. Yeah, I think they invade Grenada in Heartbreak Ridge, but it's been a while. I haven't seen it since high school. How old are you, by the way? I'm 27. 27. You look so young. You have a ring on your finger. How long have you been married? I've been married since uh, July of 2019, going into 20. So a few years now. Yes, sir. Wow. How you like married life? It's amazing. It's a blessing, man. It's uh. It's it's awesome. It's uh, it's the best. You got kids? Yeah, two kids. Wonderful boys, girls. What you got? A uh, girl and a boy. See, that's nice. I only got boys. I never got any girls. <laughs> I always wanted one I could be nice to, but I never got that. What do you like about living in Cleveland? Oh man, I I just say like the people and like outside of work and everything, people are great and uh, just a lot of good people and. You know, the fishing's good and some really good food, too. Um, and on top of that, like, not crazy traffic. You know, it's kind of mellow. Is there crazy traffic in Seattle? Yeah, there was, yeah. Really? Yeah. It seems to be a little bit, I'm sure it's a wonderful city. I've never been there. Not asking you to say anything bad about Seattle. I know you wouldn't do that. But it's like a 1,000 miles from anywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it was. we were always, yeah, it was a lot of uh, long trips for games. Goodness, it seems to be like, like to get in and get out seems to be pretty tough. And plus, you're from Illinois, and then everything else is in Louisiana. It seems to be far from everywhere. So at least, like right here, it's like okay, Illinois is right over there, and everything's kind of nice here. So you're enjoying your time in Cleveland. Oh yeah, I love it. Message to the fans, even though this is a road game. Message to the fans as we get ready for Baltimore. Um, let's just go have fun and play some football. Ethan Posick joining us on the preview show. Ethan, thank you very much. Good luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Ethan Posick joining us in the player spotlight. When we come back, Gerard and I will take you around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate, located on the west side of First Energy Stadium, it combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. Twisted Tea Tailgate, open four hours prior to kickoff, and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Gerard, are we ready to go around the league? I am ready. It is time to go around the league. Question the first, Gerard. What's your reaction when you see Tom Brady yelling at his offensive line in Sunday's loss to Pittsburgh? 
and this is after he didn't practice Wednesday. Thank you. Or go to the walkthrough on Saturday, and he attended Bob Kraft's wedding on Friday night and then traveled to Pittsburgh on his own private plane and not with his team. Uh, I I have words for it. I'm at a loss for words, but I have words for it. Mm. You can't do that. If you don't show up to practice, Wednesday is a major work day during the football week. And then mm-hmm. Friday you go out, you send another message in which it says, I'm going to get on my private plane. I'm going to do what's important to me right now. And it gives a message to the rest of the guys who are following your lead that it's not that important to you. And obviously you're one of the greatest to ever do it. But still, you have to lead guys with the mentality that, hey, I'm invested into it. I'm bought into it. And then on top of that, you're going to yell at me when you weren't at practice on a particular day. Maybe my timing and maybe my issues I had would have been better had you been there. So, no, I'm not for it. And someone needs to say something. Man, I want to disagree. I can't disagree because the only thing I can say is he's a good cusser. Like, if you're going to lead, you, you better be a good cusser. Like, you can't. That's how you lose respect, though. Okay, you're going to cuss at well, me. No, 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 no. I, I agree. I agree. Like, the timing of it's terrible. But if you're going to if you're gonna do it, you can't. It's hard to explain on this network, but you get what I'm saying. You can't just throw them in certain. It has to rhyme, it's, and it has to. It's all to, about practice, Ken. You know that. It. It's, yes, it's all about putting the work in. It has to be a flow to it. And you can't you can't do too much of it, you know. There it they have to mean something. Words have to mean something. Oh, sorry, don't cuss at me if you weren't at practice. No, I, I didn't know that information because uh, well, no, had you left out the part by him just going to the thing on Friday, I would have defended Tom. I sir, would have I, defended him, and you know I would have. One day, people don't know this. One day, I said something, and I said something. Gerard like walked in and he misheard me. And the, do you remember? You don't remember this. Jason Gibbs would remember this really well. And Gerard did not hear me correctly. And I said something like completely like innocuous. It was like totally like, "Hey, in in in, in segment six, are we going to do this?" And so and so. And Gerard goes, "Excuse me, what did you say to me?" And I'm like, "What's the matter with you?" And he go, "Oh, I thought you said something different to me." I go, "No." <laughs> I don't even remember that dog. This was years ago. This was like season one of you and me. I swear to you. I swear to you. I don't even remember that. It, it wasn't Ryan Leaf and the reporter. Gibbs Gibb started laughing. He goes, no, he did not say that. He did not say that. I was like, no, I would certainly not say that. My goodness gracious. Uh, is Tom Brady still a top five quarterback in the NFL? Ah, crap. Yes, he is because he's the greatest of all time. He's <laughs> <laughs> not going to give me to blow that ball down. You said greatest of all time. I'm not talking greatest of all time. I'm talking right now. Exactly. And because I'm of right now, it. I have to say it. Regardless, Joe, Mont- I can't. Joe Montana's one of the greatest of all time. Doesn't mean he's one of the greatest right now. Come on. Well, Gerard, you're not taking any steps heart. under center. I'm sorry. I, my, 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 my. Disagreeing and loyalty goes only goes too goes too far. There you go, exactly. I mean, you got me to say something critical of him. You should be proud of that. He's not. He's not. Let's call it what it is, Gerard. He's not. You know he's not. I don't know about that. He should have. Let's, 
Gerard, let's be honest, he should have retired and he should have stayed. If he wasn't to retire, he should have stayed retired. But you don't it's want to not retire, that simple, though, Ken. When you're still great retire. at it, it's not easy just to say it. Then he should have just played. He should have just played. But he did. But you're right. Right now he's sending mixed messages. Okay, I need 10 exactly. days for this, and now I'm going to go on a Friday night. I mean, you're doing. You're living in both worlds, and you got to pick or choose one, and that's I'm the problem right here. Like, it's not – I, no, I'm not going to demean other types of work. I'm not going to do that. But it's a competitive business where there's a scoreboard at the end of the day of work. And it's a it's a weak lead up to it. And the whole world knows what you've done at the end of the day of work. And so I'm sorry. You're either all in or – no, I'm not sorry. You're either all in or you're all out, sir. And I know that you're one of the greatest to ever do it. But this year you're making a mockery of yourself. Yeah, and, and, I agree. And in 20 years, no one will remember this year. It's not like he's he's not hurting his legacy. He's not doing that. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm but not he's hurting his chances this year for his team to know. Exactly. You're right. And and again, I'm in agreement with you. I didn't see. We're just getting this report about missing Wednesday. That's like numero uno. That's your for him. Knowing what I know, that's his Wednesday and Thursday are his biggest days. Because that's when you put in installation and you're figuring out what exactly. you're going to do. So to yell at guys on a Sunday because you missed a key day for installation of what you want to do against a particular team. And also it sends a message. And at that point in time, we were all in agreement that Pittsburgh Steelers were the worst team in the National Football League. And obviously they turned it around. And it just shows you that you cannot rest on your laurels and take any team lightly. And that's exactly what they did. And they got beat. He is a guy who, whether or not this was all – and I'm sure some of it is is not a gag or anything like that. I'm sure some of it is 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 a bit of a show or whatever. But it's all obsession, obsession, obsession for nine months out of the year or ten months out of the year, whatever it is. No, 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 no fatty foods, no salt, whatever. The the diet, the workouts, the the study, the the sleep, the whole thing. Everything is obsessed with winning. And he did that because he knew he did not have the physical gifts of some of the quarterbacks or mm-hmm. some of the players of his generation. Some would be a more disciplined, right. And you can't give a, and I would use a different term if we were on a different network, you cannot give a half-hearted effort. And you certainly, can, you, he couldn't do it when he was 27, and he couldn't do it when he's 37, and he surely can't do it when he's 45. Even though he's the, he's the most protected quarterback in the NFL, he surely can't do that. Now, he still has time. It's a 17-game schedule. You can get back to basics. But every single week, and and this part I do feel bad for him, when I look on the Internet and I'm I'm getting ready for shows and I'm looking for stories and it's, well, Tom Brady's wife and family are horseback riding during the game. I'm like, that would kill me. That would hurt you, right. As a father and a husband, I wouldn't want to deal with any of that. I wouldn't want anybody in my business like that. That would be all. That sucks, and. But that just shows you how mad she is that she would even do that and put that out there. So it's it's a mess, man. So I, I get mm. the distraction, and probably, too, you like to think that there's somebody on the Buccaneers squad that he's tight with that can just be around. But, man, it's that family piece and having it blow up like that and going home to an empty mansion, let alone a mansion, in itself has to be problematic. Cowboy owners Jerry Jones and Patriots owner Bob Kraft got in a heated exchange regarding Roger Goodell's new contract negotiations during yesterday's NFL ownership meeting session in New York. League and ownership sources told ESPN the owners, by a vote of 31-1, to concluded on Tuesday that the league's compensation committee is authorized to negotiate a new deal with Goodell. 
Jones was the lone to center. Mm. Well, okay. So doesn't want to pay him more money then. Is that just what I'm hearing? How how heated could the debate be? I don't know. From what I mean, one, how did it even get out that Jones said what he said to Kraft? And oh. shouldn't he be at a? Oh. Shouldn't he be on his honeymoon? Jones let that out. Oh, okay. Why Good did he point. have to get married? Why you got to get married in the fall anyway? I'm so, you on a football Ken, team. I on you said it best. I got my reasons, and I don't think we can speculate on on air. But <laughs> it, it, it makes <laughs> it makes no sense to me either, dog. We will not do that, sir. We will not do that. No. Anyway, all right. That is around the league. Now that wasn't around the league. That was that was a throwback. My goodness gracious. Well, there's a lot of other stuff here where we didn't get to. It's like my parents fighting over my husky clothes back in the day. Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. There we go. My goodness gracious. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off on the Lake. Presented by Meyer, the first ever outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale right now and starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Coming up next, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, will join us. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Make sure part of the most passionate fan base in the entire NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Gerard Cherry alongside of myself, Ken Carmen. Browns Ravens coming up later on this week, Sunday, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. And joining us to preview it, the voice here, Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, joining us on the show tonight. Jim, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you guys. Good to be with you again. Wonderful to have you with us, Jim. We thank you very much for joining us. You sound great. And first off, Jim, thank you again. And we're looking forward to this game on Sunday. Looking forward to hearing you again. And uh, it's always a wonderful atmosphere, even though, you know, we know the history between these two teams. And we know that the Browns, they've lost three in a row. And we go into this game needing a win desperately. Yeah, we really do, Ken. It, it, it really is one of, the, uh, one of the all-time best atmospheres for an NFL game. It almost has really kind of a college feel to it. They really get revved up. Uh, that crowd is in there. They're in there early. They're in there loud. They're in there full voice. And they are a definite factor in the game. It's something you really have to address and be ready for. You know, silent snap counts, good communication. I mean, that's the, uh, that's the mechanics of the game. Now, the storylines of the game are really, you have two teams that I think are trying to figure out what the heck is going on with this year. The Browns have their problems with the three-game losing streak. Can't get any of those games back. Can't get the Jets game back, Chargers game back. Can't get that Falcons game back or what happened last week. But you're really approaching a very important two-game set here with this one starting it off Sunday and then the Monday night game against Cincinnati back at home because of the added weight that it's it's a division. Those are both division games, and that might be the only way into the playoffs, the way the landscape looks right now. And if you're Baltimore, you're saying, why can't we hold on to leads ourselves late in the game? I mean, they're blowing leads in the fourth quarter. 
Lamar Jackson's turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. So I don't think either team is in a very good mood coming into this game on Sunday afternoon. And, Jim, is it fair to say that for the Browns, the playoffs start on Sunday? Yeah, I think so, Gerard. I really do. I think, you know, we've we've seen the Browns get, uh, kind of put themselves in a bad spot here because of what happened in the weeks leading up to this game. Um, and division games are always going to be important, and I know that's the primary goal coming into the season. Let's win the division. That's the uh, that's the most direct route in. We don't need help from anybody at that point to, to try, and try and make it into the playoff field as a wild card. So I really do believe that these next two games, and starting in a very difficult spot to win in Baltimore historically for many teams, but certainly any team inside the AFC North going in there and having to handle that crowd and that team is always a very, very tough thing to overcome. So I do believe a playoff push has to start on Sunday. And, Jim, John Johnson III, Brown safety, made some comments on why he felt things were going the way they were going in regards to guys essentially not taking their work home with them or leaving too soon to get home. What were your thoughts, as I paraphrase, what were your thoughts on what John Johnson had to say? Well, he's a pretty open book. I mean, really, on all topics, he doesn't duck anything. Uh, when the OBJ thing was going down last year, uh, you know, he was very vocal about it. You know, I love the guy. I would welcome him back in the door tomorrow morning if he walked in and be happy. He's my teammate again. So he's, you know, it's not surprising that John Johnson uh, would would be, you know, able to speak out on something. And certainly something that I think is probably bothering him uh, with the way things are going and specifically with the defense and even more specifically with the back end of that defense, which he is a very important part of. If that's the case, and uh, that, that would be a real shame. It really would, because I think that that would indicate to me that it was like putting the cart before the horse. We were talking about this defense being an elite defense, a top-five defense. Before we went out and saw them really one run one play during the regular season, because they really didn't play at all during the preseason once again. Um, but if that is the state of things inside that locker room, uh, that would be telling, and it would be disturbing to me, but it would also be an indicator as to why they're having such difficulty, uh, you know, playing better. And, Jim, not calling the game last week and having a chance to, to watch it without having to do what you do so well, did it give you a, a perspective, a different one, rather, on what's going on and what's taking place from your own interpretation of what you saw and heard? Well, there are some unfortunate givens. Gerard, and the given is the defense continues to get gashed. I mean, they can put together, you know, a couple of good plays, but you're bracing yourself for a big mistake, and unfortunately, um, you know, it comes, and it, and it is a big mistake. It's the big 31-yard touchdown run. It's a wide-open pass play that ends up on a third down and long, becoming at least a first down and a big play. It's a miscue on special teams. But the thing that made the, the thing most discouraging and kind of frightening for me was for the first time the offense really looked, um, you know, looked bad. It, it was not functioning well. In those other games, you could always say, well, I mean, we can score points. You know, we can score with the Chargers and maybe we, we win at the end. We can certainly, you know, go up and down the field with Atlanta or with, with the Jets or, you know, any of these other teams. That was not the case on Sunday. So the complete picture 
was really muddied by the fact that in every category of the game, all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, they did not play well. So that, to me, was really, I, I can't think of a better word than discouraging to see how the game played out. Jim, we thank you very much. We'll talk to you again coming up on Sunday morning. All right. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. Yes, sir. You too. Jim Donovan, the voice of the Cleveland Browns, joining us on the show. We'll talk to Jim coming up on Sunday morning. Folks, if you're going to next Monday night's game, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a Browns autographed piece of merchandise. Go! to the tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Coming up next, we'll tell you what's coming up on Thursday night and set everything up for Sunday morning. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns running back Nick Chubb. This is Browns defensive end Miles Garrett. This is Greg Newsom II, and you are listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team, an official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. Sunday morning, 9 a.m., Browns game day. Gerard Cherry, myself, it'll be a good time. 11 a.m., Browns kickoff, myself, Andy Baskin, Tyvis Pell, 1 p.m. kickoff, Jim, Nathan, Gerard, it will be at M&T Bank Stadium, Baltimore, Maryland. Gerard, I know you're excited. I'm excited. Nathan's excited. Jim's excited. Browns trying to bring home a win and get to 3-4 and four on the season and start the climb back in the AFC North. Gerard, if they're going to do it, how do they do it, friendo? <laughs> well, one, stop beating yourself, first and foremost. You can't have the same mistakes in which you have gaps on the defensive side of the ball in which you're letting guys run free for chunk plays and scores. And then secondly, Jacoby can't force the football. He has to be much more succinct in his decision-making and not do things in which he's going to put the football in harm's way because if he's throwing INTs and the defense is not playing up to up to snuff, as they say, and the special yeah. teams are getting turnovers, three turnovers you're going to lose to anybody in the National Football League. I'm sorry. That's just the way it's going to work. So protecting the football, first and foremost. And then the other part, continue doing what you were doing earlier in the offensive, on the offensive side of the ball, being – being productive, making plays, moving up down the football field, controlling the clock, and de- defensively just change completely what you've been doing. You have to go out there. You're going to have to stop Andrews because if you don't stop him, he and Lamar are going to eat you alive, and you got to play the run-pass option like you've never played it before. And that's something that we've struggled with. So that's what we have to do. The question is, yeah. will we do it? I tell you what, it's – um. To get him comfortable again, like that's one of the things I do worry about Gerard in this game on Sunday. Now, the Baltimore defense has been a bit scattershot, certainly, mm-hmm. but it's like once you put something on tape, like the Atlanta game, all, all right, right, Caleb Huntley went crazy. Well, now that's on tape, okay? Well, now you have Jacoby Brissett uncomfortable. Now that's on tape. So now you're going to have to work against that in this game against Baltimore because good coaching staffs will be able to attack something like that. Am I wrong? You know, yeah, it was absolutely right. But the thing with Jacoby is it came down to decision-making. Some of those throws he didn't have to throw, he forced it, and that led to the bad play. So don't force the football. It's really that simple. And take what the defense gives you as opposed to trying to force it. All right, coming up on Thursday night on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network, it'll be the Kevin Stefanski Show. Wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones 
coach, Nathan Zagura. Gerard will preview Sunday's game against the Ravens. And then Sunday, 9 a.m., Browns game day, Gerard and myself, 11 a.m., Browns kickoff show, myself, Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell, 1 p.m., kickoff, Jim, Nathan, Gerard, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Thanks, as always, to Jason Gibbs, Meredith Kane, associate producer Connor Lawrence, doing a wonderful job, as always, for Gerard Cherry. I'm Ken Carmen, thanking you, as always, for listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.